Around Comics, Episode 86. From Chicago, this is Around Comics, a roundtable discussing topics in and around the world of comics. I'm your host, Christopher Neesman, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host of the show. Well, actually, not for this one. Tom and Sal will be back on our next episode, but don't worry, I'm not totally flying solo today. We're going to have one of our favorite former guests back on. He's the writer of one of our favorite series from 2006, The Exterminators. Mr. Simon Oliver. That'll be in just a couple moments. But first, I wanted to let you know that this episode of Around Comics is sponsored by Borders. Your heart pounds, your palms sweat, the tension is nearly unbearable, and then you spot it. The graphic novel you've been searching everywhere for, right here in your local Borders. Borders has thousands of manga and graphic novels. In fact, you'll find exactly what you're looking for and discover new and unexpected authors and series simply by visiting Borders. Save on your favorite graphic novels, manga, and more. Click on the Borders banner on AroundComics.com for a 20% off coupon. Check Borders first. Find a store near you at www.Borders.com or use the Borders store locator at AroundComics.com. We would certainly like to thank the fine folks at Borders for sponsoring this episode of Around Comics. Remember to go to AroundComics.com and get one of those 20% off coupons. Now, normally, Around Comics is recorded every Friday at 7 o'clock at Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles. It's located at 4835 Northwestern Avenue in Chicago. If you're in the area, please drop by. We would love to meet you. When you're here, please remember to ask about Dark Tower's Polis membership. It's one of the best you'll find anywhere. Dark Tower has a great selection of mainstream comics, independent comics, and trades, as well as statues and action figures. Come to Dark Tower for all of your comics and collectibles needs. Longtime listeners of Around Comics already know that The Exterminators is one of our favorite books, and has been since its debut in 2006. Last August, we had the opportunity to talk with series author Simon Oliver, and if you're interested in hearing that interview, I would definitely suggest it. It is Around Comics, episode number 39. That focused a lot more on Simon's background and how he got into comics. Since we've already covered that, this interview will go past that and what has happened with Simon since last August and what we have to look forward to with The Exterminators and hopefully many other projects coming up. So, without further ado, Simon Oliver. The Exterminator seems to be a book that has developed a pretty loyal fan base. We constantly hear from people uh, that email us that, you know, after we have suggested it, that they were really tentative to get into the series, but once they did, they, they really love it. Uh, what kinds of feedback have you received from readers as, as they've kind of gotten into the series? Pretty much the same kind of thing. We seem to have this, you know, pretty hardcore uh, following, um, and, and and people are really into it. Like you said, people people. I was doing a signing last night, and people are, you know, the people who read it are really excited about it. It's kind of it's not one of those things where people kind of sit on the fence, and you know, people like it or they hate it. Uh, we don't we don't have many people who just kind of pick it up and don't have anything to say about it. 
Are you are you still getting uh, the people that uh, that say, you know, I hear good things about it, and I'd I'd like to pick it up, but I I just don't like bugs. Yeah, a, a little bit, um, a, a little bit. A lot of it, you know, um, is more like, oh, I want to get into it, but I'm already buying, you know, 300 books a month or something, and I don't know if I, you know, I think it's a, it's a problem with a lot of new books starting out is just finding finding space in people's reading. There's a lot of books out there, so. Yeah, I'm still getting a little bit of the bug, the bug thing. Uh, actually, not as not as much. I'm still getting, you know. I think in the last one we blew the gerbil up. I think there was a couple of comments about it being fairly gratuitous, but I, I kind of welcome that that label now. I've kind of grown into it. You, you guys uh, have developed a, a reputation with a little bit of a gross out factor, and, and that that is kind of the. I don't know. It's it's kind of the magic trick with with the yeah. exterminators is that you know there there is the the gross out factor, but there's a lot of story underneath that, and I think that a lot of readers will will tend to focus on on kind of the the bug or infestation aspect of it. But what the the loyal fans that I kind of mentioned at the beginning are the ones that have really gotten into the series and see the depth of the story there. But definitely, that's what a lot of a lot of the feedback last night. When I did a, a signing last night, and a lot of people that was. the next podcast be sure to check out aroundcomics.com for breaking news reviews and opinions now the the tentative nature of a lot of comic book fans I, I think has been a little bit of a hurdle to get into the exterminators but one of the nice things that vertigo has done and they've done it with not just the exterminators but a lot of other series is that they offer a free download of the first issue at their site have you have you gotten any feedback from that or people that have jumped onto the I series know, i haven't I haven't heard the numbers. The Exterminators was one of the later uh, issues to go up, and I know they were keeping tabs on the other books that they put up there just to kind of keep keep track of how many people were downloading it. And I, I, I haven't had any any feedback from people who've read it. I think mainly the people who are getting into it now are the, are the, are the people who you know have, have had friends lend it to them or, you know, guys who work in comic book stores who are really into it uh, get them into it as well so I don't know I mean I think it's definitely a good thing I mean it's definitely available for illegal download as well um, which is another thing um, which you know does it does it get us new readers or does it lose us readers is kind of the, the big question but um, you know it's definitely a good thing that they're starting to put the books online as well so people can take a look at it and see if they want to want to continue and also with the, the $10 Yeah, it's a, it's a great it's a great price point for that trade. And uh you know, you you mentioned illegal downloads and I think that that's something that that people are talking about more and more all the time, and you, yeah. know, you know the industry is looking at more legal ways to provide uh, digital comics. I think that you know, Vertigo it, it kind of works outside of a lot of the mainstream comics right. in that I think that you know illegal downloads may actually help a book like The Exterminators because people right. will try it out like that and I think that's why Vertigo is offering uh, a free PDF of the first issue one of the things that was that was 
intriguing and, and exciting for me is that I saw that after Bug Brothers trade came out, there was uh, a spike in sales for the exterminators, yeah. which showed me that yeah, people were picking up the trade. We went up, not a, not a, not a huge amount, but <laughs> we went up by a little bit. But it's it, it's a little frightening how badly the non-superhero books are selling, despite all the you know the great press the latest batch of Vertigo books have had. Um, you know, no one's no one's really selling huge numbers. They may they may make up the difference with the trade. Though. I don't know, and I don't know enough about the the business side of things. But you know, maybe it's a uh, everything cyclical as well. But yeah, it's it's uh, I don't know. It's a little strange how 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 the numbers are at the moment. Sure. Now, you have a, a largely a TV background, and which we always like to kind of pick your brain about your views on the comics industry because you you're an industry professional, but you right. don't have a huge background in comics. No, I know, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I know, I know virtually nothing. Which is which is great. You're you're a, a perfect case study for that. Now, now coming from TV and hearing stuff like, well, really only superhero comics sell really well. It, it's like in TV that would be like, well, only comedies do really well, or only cop shows do well. Right. What, what was your take whenever you heard that only superhero comics are big sellers in the industry? Well, I mean, you know, we're definitely, uh, you know, Vertigo is has uh, always been, and now they're you know, even marketing themselves more as like the HBO, the comic book world, which is, I think, pretty accurate. You know, we're a niche of a, you know, if the comic book world is a niche, we're a niche inside a niche. Mm -hmm. And the exterminators is a niche inside a niche inside a niche. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I just think there's, there's different markets and, you know, we're all going to sell different, you know, different amounts depending on what kind of book we're writing and whether it's, you know, the big thing now seems to be whether it's tied inside, you know, Civil War or 52 or, you know, all these other things that go on where people have to buy all the books to go to go with it. Um, so we're just going to sell less than, than, than those guys. It's just a matter of, you know, the most important thing to me is just does it sell enough to financially justify its existence? I mean, anything above, you know, anything above that's great and everything. It's just like, you know, can it sell enough to, to keep itself alive and for long enough to, to develop an audience. Sure, you guys would have had it made if uh, uh, issue 14 was a Civil War tie-in. You'd be set. I was thinking about it, actually, <laughs> and I was thinking about killing Captain America in, in one of my issues, but um, it didn't work out. Well, I, I think that you know, you as a writer, and then a lot of the Vertigo series, and, and independent comics, the, the whole goal is, as you just said, to kind of sustain a book long enough to tell your story and develop a yeah. readership. And yeah. Yeah, I think that Vertigo has shown that they'll they'll do that, that they will stay with the book if it's if it's good. And I think that they know that the Exterminators is a is a book worth holding on for. You know, even going into it, we knew that the Exterminators didn't have incredibly wide appeal, but you know, given enough time, it would be able to find a market and um, you know and get good reviews and you know everything else that that goes with it, which I think is pretty much. Pretty much done, and we're you know sales-wise, we're, we're definitely hanging in there. I mean, it's not it's not a completely dire dire situation, but um, yeah, just the, the non-superhero world in general is a, is um, it's a tough market. I would ask you to tell your friends about the Around Comics podcast, but let's face it, your friends are a little bit on the two-dimensional side, aren't they? Well, let's talk about some of the the yeah, good stuff, yeah. which is is your book. Let's talk about bugs and killing bugs <laughs> and rats, squeezing the life out of rats. 
the uh, the second arc of the Exterminators took a, a slightly different path from the first. Uh, while the pest control adventures are still there, we're starting to see you know, some major character development, not just Henry, but of the supporting cast. Who have been your favorite characters of that supporting cast to write? I think Stretch, actually. Um, Henry's actually was... Henry's not so hard now, but Henry was pretty hard at the beginning. I think the... Um, a lot of times the leading character, especially when he's got a supporting cast like this, tends to kind of fall into the background. But, yeah, Stretch is, Stretch is definitely fun. Actually, um, uh, Kevin was as well until I killed him. I don't know why I was thinking, but he was actually kind of fun as well. I'm still really upset with you about that. Cause I was, <laughs> a- after the, the luchador issue, yeah. I was just like, this. I love this character. And then you had to like yeah. kill him like two issues later. Yeah, he had to die in at the moment. Uh, I don't have any plans on 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 resurrecting him, but I do have some. I, I did get to a point uh, a while ago where I was like, you know, I've, I've killed off quite a few characters. I'm gonna have to uh, we have to bring some more in. So we do have some other new new characters. Yeah, Stretch is Stretch is pretty fun because you can he can be the guy that you can make stand back a little bit from the situation and comment on it. You know, he's always slightly removed from what's going on around him. Can we expect to see a lot more of uh, of Paige as uh, as Henry kind of figures out his relationships? Yeah, yeah, definitely. She's she's coming in. Actually, this arc that is coming out now, the third arc, has a lot of Laura in it. Actually, it's a, okay. it's a big Laura-centric arc. So she's she's going to be a major character, but we're going to see her go through some be tested and go through through some transformations and. You know, we're going to see where she comes out on the other side and where she's going to stand in in the later the, the later issues that I'm working on now, where there's definitely you know lines being drawn in the sand as to where everyone is. Yeah, because she you can already see that road that she's going down. She's going to have to make a decision at some point. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So there's a lot of that. I mean, there was a definite decision between the the, the first arc. I, I wanted to hit it pretty hard and fast, and then the the second one, I just kind of wanted to dial it back a little bit and just work on the characters because you know something's going to be going on over, over 50 issues or 100 issues or whatever you, you got to have you know you, you got to make sure that the characters are there otherwise you know it's, gonna, it's the characters that keeps people coming back absolutely and, and there's a there's a lot to work with there yeah um just a request uh with Paige, i i want to see another story take place in the library brothel yeah you know a couple of people mentioned that to me last night and i've really been looking I know I've got to write a couple of standalones soon, and um, I'd really like to do one that just kind of went into the the the, the, the literary brothel thing a little bit more because we we saw it and we've we've been there a couple of times, but I'd, I'd I'd like to do a full issue just in there, like a day in the life of or something like that. Because uh, at the moment it's not a huge part of the story, but I just I just want to be able to uh, explore it a little bit more. Let's say. I thought I thought it was brilliant. Now, as a Midwesterner, are there really places like that in LA? Oh, that would be that would be telling, wouldn't it? <laughs> I like to think so. You know what it was though? What 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 happened when I originally wrote all the treatments and stuff? She was uh, just going to be an S and M, you know, S and M dominatrix type. And when I actually came to do it, I, I was just like, it suddenly struck me as like it's so passe now. I don't know what's happened to our world, but like you know, you, I don't really watch network TV very much, but I'm sure on network TV later on at night with those cop shows, I'm sure they all have like little S&M kind of sidelines eventually and, you know, CSI or something. I'm sure all those shows have done something 
I was like, you know, it's just kind of passe, really. I need to, I need to kind of take it to the next level in an exterminator's kind of way, and that's that's kind of where I came from. Oh, the the total 180 on that was great. That she's that she's more of a bookworm, but she yeah. still has kind of like this this seedy side to her. But you kind of figure out in the in the one shot issue that uh, that Chris Somney penciled that uh, you know a lot of that comes from her relationship with her mother and that was yeah. I thought very refreshing that you yeah. got that direction. Yeah, no, it was, uh, no, that was definitely, I, I, I had a lot of fun writing that best Mandolin issue with just, just the two women in, in uh, Henry's life. That was great, and and you're you're right because CSI has a character called Lady Heather who is the the dominatrix. Oh, really? See, I didn't even know that. I just I just guessed that you know all those all those shows must have you know done the cement thing. Now it's kind of you know it's like it's so 2002. Exactly. So I, I thought that was very refreshing. Now, um, the, the first arc, Bug Brothers, had a pretty straightforward story. While it was odd and had some you know really creepy, icky moments, the the second arc introduced a very supernatural element. Right. Now, what balance between the the natural? I don't want to say it's not horror, but just kind of that natural element of yeah. you know our fight against nature and right. the supernatural. Are you trying to maintain? Stories are going to start coming together a little bit more. In in I'm writing the fourth arc. I'm on like 22 or 23, I think now, and I'm really starting to put those two parts of the story together and start to tie a lot of the ends together. So later on, you're going to see those two things kind of converging uh, and becoming as one. But um, yeah, it is it is kind of of a balance. I mean, even when I'm doing the stuff that's very, you know, like a, a lot of their day-to-day round type stuff where they're, you know, they're going to a house and they're treating it for ants or whatever. Uh, you know, I want to be able to do that stuff, but then still have this kind of strange feeling that, you know, there's something very strange around the corner or something, you know, they're living in this world where, where other things are possible as well. Well, I, I think it is an interesting balancing act because there is the the danger of what may be living in your floorboards or anyone's yeah. floorboards, but then there's also the resurrected crazy man that is going right. to try and kill you. So it's yeah. it, it's it's yeah, interesting. So then, yeah, so we're going to start bringing those the, the, the crazy guy and then there's some other. There's actually a really a spoiler, I guess. No. There's like a, an, an island which um, is in the South Pacific, which is because of global warming. Um, of course, we don't have, but global warming is going up, and the, you know the, the island's about to disappear, and, and those people who end up being imported by uh, Ocran into um, into Los Angeles are going to help to fill in a lot of the gaps okay. later on, and help to they're, they're kind of the glue that's going to hold a lot of this together. It sounds crazy, but it will work. Believe me, it will all make sense. We're we're used to crazy with you, so <laughs> looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of. Yeah, yeah. I, I almost gave away more thing, you know, because I know I can't with with the arc at the moment. I don't want to give away the end. I don't want to talk too much about what's ha- happening in these later ones because the arc, the the arc that ends Laura's arc at the moment is going to end, and I don't want to give away. Well, as as, mu- as much as I would like to know, I I don't want to know because I enjoy the series that much. So yeah, yeah. There's, there's a group of islanders that come in as another character, and then we have um, uh, a character in the fourth arc who comes in who's like a kind of a, a, a girl from the hurdle gang by a girl called Coco who kind of ends up joining up with them as well. <laughs> okay. It's kind of on her own little, little kick of, of retribution. And I think the ones coming out now, Mrs. Perez, is becoming an exterminator as well. I think that was in the gerbil. Perhaps 
yes, yes. And I, I, I love her character. I think that she had. Yeah, but she's yeah. actually pretty cool as well because it's been fun bringing her, bringing her out and bringing her into this world from her angle, bringing bringing it in, and she's got, you know, she's terrified of rats and she has pure hatred of, of cockroaches that we're going to see coming in a little bit more like a psychotic hatred of cockroaches. <laughs> And she she's really kind of been there almost from the beginning, hasn't she? Yeah, yeah, she was in the right right from the beginning, and um, yeah, I didn't want to lose. You know, it did. You know, at one point I was not going to have her. You know, I was probably going to kind of lose her at the end of the first arc. And I was like, you know, we put a lot of time into this character. We should, we, you know, we should look into it. And also because we didn't have any uh, women exterminators um, at the beginning, and that was something I always wanted to kind of bring in. Bring in more women into it as well to see how that affected the whole balance. I think it's been I think it's been a fun addition to the to the team. I needed somebody now that Kevin is gone, so I can I can yeah, for her. Yeah, yeah, no, I kind of I kind of yeah, I kind of I, I miss it. In fact, I was actually talking earlier today because one of the things that I wanted to do with Kevin and they let, never let me do because of, of legal reasons was he had an obsession with carp- the carpenters. Um, <laughs> Yes, and I had him singing the lyrics a lot, and I actually got busted a couple of times for writing in Carpenter's lyrics. The first time it was pretty obvious, and then the second time I just kind of sneaked it in, and I still got the call saying, "You can't do this. You can't do song lyrics." <laughs> so it was so perfect. That's always upset about. <laughs> well, you, Tony Moore is uh, is still the primary artist on this series, but uh, we saw a couple issues uh, penciled by Mike Hawthorne, and then the mm-hmm. one that we already mentioned uh, with Chris Somney. There are a few more issues with guest artists coming up. Uh, what should we expect from the new art teams? We have four different artists at the moment working on the book. Four different books. Tony is taking a break for one arc, and we have Derek Robertson drawing it. That's going to be the issues. I think are starting at 19. He's going to do five issues. Ty Templeton and who else do we have? And then Tony. Yeah, Tony's doing a standalone at the moment, which is set on a cruise boat, which will be which will be pretty good. And then we have John Lucas as well drawing. He's actually drawing out the end of this arc that's that's being published at the moment. Great. Now, do you have uh, do you have new artists whenever they sign on for this? Do they put a disclaimer saying that they won't pencil any tidal waves of cockroaches? I know I feel bad because I've just started <laughs> to do that. The first couple that I think the first one that Derek got to draw didn't have that many bugs, and I've been increasing it over and over again. You know, with every issue in his arc, there's been more and more bugs. Let's just say I'm increasing the size of them. There's bugs, but then there's bigger bugs. So, uh, but there's still, you know, there's still a lot of like a sea of bugs coming towards them and stuff like that. That's great. You've actually uh, the the art on the series has been has been pretty consistently great from the beginning. Oh, yeah, know. that's fabulous. All those guys have, have, have blown me away whenever I, you know whenever I get an email with new pages. It's just like, oh my god, how do they do this? Yeah. Andy Parks Inks, I think you know definitely need to to mention him. He he did a great job on on several of the yeah, earlier no, he issues. Did, I think, I think. We did. He inks probably more bugs than uh, anybody else in the business. Now you had mentioned uh, earlier about uh, story length. You know, fifty issues, hundred issues. I know that that Vertigo and a lot of the series that come out of Vertigo have a predetermined mm-hmm. story story length. Uh, what what's the idea on Exterminators? How how many bug stories do you think you have in you? I. Probably tell bug stories for quite a while, um, but yeah, I definitely have a number. I definitely have a 
um, just for kind of planning purposes that we're working we're working towards. I mean, I'm reaching. I, I'm gonna put it out there. I'm gonna. I'm thinking about fifty. It's kind of, it's kind of a rough number in my head, but you know, I, I've, I've kind of figured out a lot of the arcs, and we're kind of working towards a conclusion. And I'm, you know, I'm writing kind of. A, I'm at the halfway point with the writing now, so I'm working towards this this conclusion, and that will start to become clearer. I think at least um, over the next few arcs. If we're looking at a resolution of the exterminators, I certainly hope that, that you stick around and do some more comic work. And I have heard yeah. a couple rumors that there is at least a graphic novel out there and maybe a couple other projects. Yeah, there's, 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 a, there's a couple of other things that I'm working on uh, with them over at Vertigo. There's one that uh, I haven't signed the contract yet, but it should be coming any day, which is a graphic novel they're doing a series of crime graphic novels I think I'm going to be doing one of those uh, I actually haven't started physically writing it but I, I, I hear it's been greenlit I just haven't had the contract to sign and then a couple of other things that we are looking at which will be we're in very early stages but it's looking pretty good outstanding now that uh, you're, you're two trades in now You've uh, you've gotten through your your first year as a visible writer in the industry. Mm-hmm. What kind of uh, surprises or weird lessons have you learned in the in the past year about the industry? A lot. I mean, starting completely completely from scratch. Um, a lot. Uh, there's a lot of books out there, um, and uh, I realize I'm probably not the best self promoter in the world. <laughs> <laughs> to first interview that we did with you last August and and kind of asked the the same question about you know how do you how do you describe the book and, and I think you came up with the the shortest answer was you know man's ongoing and ever losing battle against right. nature and that doesn't even begin to tell the story of the yeah, and I'm still, you know it's that was last August and I'm still I mean I've been working on this book now for probably about three years and I'm still you know I'm still a little gun shy about trying to sum it up quickly and now I just like point me up this is just read it if you like it you like it the last time we talked with you you admitted that you weren't a big comic fan that you didn't read a lot of comics are you starting to to pick some stuff up I'm still kind of gun shy about it and I have a huge huge pile of comics next to my bed uh, some trades and and a lot of because they they send me the the comp boxes of the Mm -hmm. of the monthlies it's still weird for me because I'm still you know I still think one of the things I have going for me as a comic book writer is that I don't really read comics, so anything I do is going to be slightly different just because I'm not kind of steeped in that mythology of, of um, process of writing comics. What did I read recently? Casanova. I like Casanova. That was cool. So no, that's definitely kind of, you know, that's definitely along the, 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 the lines of, you know, what I like to write. And I, I like that 16-page uh, format. 
Well, if you like that, you should uh, check out the other Slimline book from uh, from Image called Fell. Yeah, that's the other one I did. I read I, I, I read an issue of that, and um, it was good. And I loved the the parts. Great as well. The art's really fabulous. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Gabriel Ba on Casanova, and then Ben Temple Smith on on Fell. Yeah, yeah, really. Like you know, that's definitely good. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I I do pick up other books and. Um, and, you know, I look at them in the comic book stores and stuff like that, but, uh, yeah, at the moment I'm not really, maybe when the exterminators, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe soon I should start to read through the stack of books that I got next to the bed. I like how you look at it that kind of distancing yourself from a lot of stuff kind of keeps you with a, with a fresh outlook on it. And yeah, I think, I think so, and, you know, I'm desperately trying to hold on to that because I think you do, you know, now I've written 20 issues or so, I think you do start to kind of fall into a, I think you kind of fall into a style which I don't want to do because I, I still want to keep people guessing and so I'm really trying to do everything I can to kind of keep people on their toes and I'm afraid by reading, I mean I even felt it when I was reading, um, there's certain things about the way that Casanova was laid out and stuff, I was like, oh that's kind of cool the way they did, you know, the way they did that trans in transition and, and you know, did that, you know, with the way they laid out that action, and you can just feel it start to kind of seep in. So, I was like, eh, I don't know how much I can possibly read. Hello, this is Steve Niles, and you are listening to Around Comics. You know, we're talking about writing, you know, your characters, and I think that you write your characters obviously better than anyone else, but do you have any interest in mainstream work or writing other people's characters at some point? Yeah, I've been talking a little bit um, about doing a little spin-off of, of one of the characters way over there, just for a, a, a you know, a, a, like a six-issue run, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of cool. Um, and I've done a treatment on it and stuff, and I thought it was a, it was a, it was a pretty good idea to do. And yeah, I would. Um, the thing that scares me, especially with the DC world, is having to know how everything fits together. <laughs> yeah. Um, and writing in the you know the big DC world, so. That's a little scary to me in that it, it seems like there's a lot you have to know to be able to, to put it together. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely would. I mean, I, um, I'm not hugely attracted towards you know, superheroes for the sake of superheroes, mm-hmm. but just writing, you know, a superhero is a character, you know, characters tell stories, so it's, it's, I think it'd be kind of fun. We have a few form questions here before we wrap up. Keith Cunningham wrote in and uh, and asked what you have uh, uh, going on in the future, mainstream and otherwise. We already we already covered that, but yeah, uh, I've you know, got some other stuff that will be coming out. I'll be around. You know, you had uh, you had actually mentioned uh, last August about some uh, some movie scripts. Anything moving with that? Yeah, uh, possibly. You know how it is with that with that stuff, and then we're out. You know, kind of dealing with the exterminators as well with that kind of stuff. So yeah, you never know. That that's great. No, and, uh, all, you know, those things just vanish and then they're gone. Yeah, they, they vanish and then they appear out of nowhere and uh, yeah, and, they get you know. filed in cabinets somewhere and that's about it. Yeah, no, it's okay. Well, I think that, uh, that's, uh, Blue Meanie, uh, has a question, I think, along those lines. Because, uh, my question would be that, uh, when reading it, uh, I did feel, uh, that it was ripe for being made into a movie or a TV property, uh, with a cool ensemble cast. So, have there been any talks of translating this as there's, uh, part of me that needs to see CGI tidal waves of bugs? Yeah, I'd love to, too. I think it would be really cool. Um, yeah, there is. There is uh, interest in it, but you know, it's another of those things. It's like you know, I mean, look at look at all the Vertigo properties that, to me, are absolute no-brainers on linking into TVs or movies, and you know, we've we've, we've yet to 
Do you think it's, um, do you think it's going to take one big Vertigo property making it as like an HBO series or you know something along those lines, and then you're just going to see a rush of those? Do you think? Maybe you or maybe it's slower. I mean, the fact that you know the 300 came out and made all that money in a weekend, um, you know, it's it's the money that talks, uh, mm-hmm. unfortunately, and it does seem like you know Ghost was it Ghost Rider made. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a truckload of money, and then you know, three hundred makes a bunch of money, and uh, and uh, you know, that's that's basically what talks. That's what opens their eyes over there into making stuff. But uh, yeah, it's always. I mean, it's always even before I started doing this, it was always astounding to me when you look at Vertigo's back catalog. It's like all oh, this. It's like a movie. You know, they can make any of these. They're fabulous. Yeah. And uh, you know, no, we get you know, various other not very good movies instead. The, the, the weird thing is, at the moment, I find myself watching a lot of documentaries and a lot of TV on DVD, mm-hmm. and very rarely, I watched three movies in three nights recently that came out last year that were all, you know, I watched A Scanner Darkly and um, Marie Antoinette and The Science of Sleep, and really none of them were that good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, really kind of disappointing, all, all, all three of them. And, uh, you know, then I just went back to watching my wire on DVD, and it was really good. Uh started watching a lot of, uh, you know, British import TV. Um, yeah. Uh, Wife on, have you checked out Wife on Mars yet? I have. I was just about to say that. I just started watching it um, a, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and that's a brilliant concept. Isn't it just a fantastic show? Yeah, no, it's a, it's, it was such a, I was watching, like, the first, and the, you know, the first episode. I was like, oh, my God, this is... This is pretty cool. I heard David Kelly's order. Yeah, they're going to do an Americanized version, which American I, I, I kind of cringe at, just because it, it's the it's it's the British feel of that of nineteen early nineteen seventies Manchester oh, yeah. that that is of and it's almost a character unto itself in the show, and I enjoy yeah. that. Yeah, it's such, yeah, it is. It's I was fairly young then, but <laughs> I do remember. I do remember the seventies. Sure, and it's uh, stay with it because the second season gets even better. It is. It is very good. And uh, I've been watching some old uh, British uh, cop drama called The Sweeney. Have you ever? Oh seen yeah, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, that was that was yeah that was I, that was a big thing in my childhood. The Sweeney. We we're never allowed to stay up and watch that. That was the violent show that was on past nine o'clock. <laughs> nice. And uh, I could always I always remember the music started. You could hear it from the bedroom just after we went to bed. Oh, that that was like your uh, your version of uh, Hill Street Blues over there, I guess. Yeah, kind of like that. The, the, Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's uh, my buddy John Suntros who does Word Balloon turned me onto the Sweeney. He's like, you have to watch this. You have yeah, to watch Sweeney's this. Sweeney's great. Talkback has a question. Mr. Oliver seems to have very little web presence. As many creators have taken advantage of the World Wide Web to promote their books to great success, did you purposefully choose to not actively promote uh, your book online? Um, no, I just suck at it. <laughs> <laughs>
part of it, I think, is making personalities out of the writers, mm-hmm. more so than probably any other, you know, writing genre, you know, more so than TV or movies or, or, you know, books to a certain extent. And I don't know if my personality is ready to be made <laughs> to be honest. The, the comics industry, I think, is, is different from just about any other entertainment medium in that mm-hmm. the, the creators do seem to be out there, and I think that's great. I, I, I love going to conventions, and I love being able to go to forum, whatever, and actually right. communicate with creators, but it is so different than any other any other entertainment industry. Yeah, yeah and, and, and the fact that the creators are available, which I do like. I mean, I do like it when, you know, I do like to occasionally, you know, someone saying something particular about the book or something, just joining in the conversation with it, and I like to be, it, it's nice, I think, but in this medium that you are available to answer questions and, 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 and you're around. You know, I think there's also a danger of just kind of getting sucked into the internet mm-hmm. and, you know, never finding your way back out again. Well, you know, I'd rather be writing. I know that you've always been very receptive to uh, uh, readers getting in touch with you to comment about the book. Are you still open to people contacting oh, yeah. you? No, anyone can drop me an email. I love it. I mean, it's, it's still bizarre to me to think that you know there's anyone out there reading it. You know, <laughs> if anyone if has any comment, I'm like, yeah, cool, email me. Great. Well, well, what's the what's the best way to get a hold of you? Simon Oliver at Earthlink.net. Okay, there you go. I think that's how I that. that's how I got a hold of you way back when. Uh, just don't put me on any of those lists of where you get the jokes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, anything uh, anything else coming up that you uh, that you want to talk about before we wrap up here, or any I other? Think so. Yeah, look out. Hopefully, we'll announce this other book at some point. I don't know when. I haven't read it yet, so I don't know when it's coming out. Okay. And uh, <laughs> you know, a couple of other these other projects that I'm uh, working on at different stages. So. At some point, I'll have some other stuff out there. I feel like I should have done by this point. With you know, with the exterminators being a year into its run, I should you know, I should be out there announcing another book at a convention somewhere. But you know, it hasn't. But I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited about the projects I've got coming up and the ones I'm working on at the moment. I think they're they are worthy um, successes and worthy worthy to continue what I've done with the exterminators. Definitely. Uh, the first two trades are out. The first one first is. Two trades are out. Mm-hmm. First one is only ten bucks. I think the second one is at thirteen bucks. So it's a steal. Artwork by Tony Moore mm-hmm. of The Walking Dead and Fear Agent. And that man can draw a bug <laughs> and a zombie like like nobody else. And yeah, look out, Derek uh, Robertson's going to be uh, his arc will start later in the year, and that's that's going to be pretty fabulous. I have one particular image that he's already drawn, which is it it it's one of those uniquely disgusting things that we excel ourselves in. Well, Simon, it is always a pleasure talking with you. We we love the series. I, I'm talking for, for Sal and Tom and, and a lot of the other guests that we've had on the show, but uh, we all love the series and, and can't wait to see where our uh, our favorite Bug Be Gone crew goes in the future. So anytime, you know that you're welcome back on Around Comics. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Well, you have a good night. And thanks for your support. Appreciate it. Uh, anytime. There you go. That will wrap up our second interview with author Simon Oliver. Thank you very much to Simon and everyone involved with The Exterminators. It really is one of our favorite books. 
please spread the Around Comics love. There's a few different ways you can do that. You can take us up on our Listener LCS Challenge. Just go to AroundComics.com and you can download our Listener LCS Challenge flyer. Ask your local comic shop owner or manager if they would be so kind as to display that in their store. If they do, we'll mention both you and them on the show and provide a link to the store at our site. You can also become our virtual friends at Comic Space. That's comicspace.com slash aroundcomics or MySpace at www.myspace.com slash aroundcomics. You can also do my personal favorite, which is leaving a review at the iTunes Music Store. It'd be as cool as Andy Parks and Steve Bryant, Mike Norton, and various other people. Uh, thank you very much to everyone who already has left us a review there. It really does matter. You can join our Frapper map. We'll have a whole new list of Frappers on our next episode. You can check out all the great things that AroundComics.com has to offer. It's your source for the very best in comic book news, reviews, and opinions. We are proud sponsors of the Comics Podcast Network. You can find more great podcasts at ComicsPodcast.com. Just so everyone is aware, we post next week's topic on Tuesdays or thereabout at our forum at AroundComics.com. You can uh, look forward into, into the next few weeks with many guests to be announced. Just check the forum for that. We'd like to thank Borders again. Borders has thousands of manga and graphic novels. In fact, you'll find exactly what you're looking for and discover unexpected new authors and series simply by visiting Borders. Save on your favorite graphic novels, manga, and more. You can now click on the Borders banner at AroundComics.com and receive a 20% off coupon. Check Borders first. To find a store near you, go to www.borders.com or use the Borders store locator at aroundcomics.com. We are also proud to support the Hero Initiative. Hero creates a financial safety net for yesterday's creators who may need emergency medical aid, financial support for essentials of life, and an avenue back into pain work. It's a chance for all of us to give something back to the people who have given us so much enjoyment. For more information, visit HeroInitiative.org or call 310-909-7809 and do something good. I'd like to thank Simon Oliver for joining me today. For all the Sal and Tom fans out there, don't worry, they'll be back on the next episode. And uh, I'd also like to thank my lovely wife who has uh, gotten to listen to all of this. Hi, honey. Tom, Sal, myself, and the rest of the Around Comics crew will be back on the next episode. So keep your eye out, and in the meantime, we'll be everywhere in and around comics. like to suggest a topic, send us your comments, or are interested in becoming a panel member, email us at info at aroundcomics.com or visit the contact us section of our website. Music for the show provided by the Podshow Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Views expressed in the interviews or by guests of the show are solely those of the individuals expressing them and do not reflect the opinions of Around Comics. Thank you for listening today, and remember to join us next time when the panel will change, but our mission will stay the same. 
bringing you the very best news, reviews, and opinions in and around comics. Around Comics is a Pipe Dream production. Copyright 2007. All rights reserved. Yeah.